You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 76. If you are not already subscribed, you can find us at Geeks Unleashed everywhere, including your favorite podcast platform. Remember, five-star reviews help us get found by more listeners, so please rate and review Geeks Unleashed on Apple or Podchaser. As usual, I am Mark, one of your co-hosts for the Geeks Unleashed podcast, and I'm joined, of course, from Texas. By me, the other co-host, Jasmine. The other co-host, the other 50% of the show. Yes. Um, for this week's review, we are reviewing Eternals, which uh, came out not that long ago. And spoiler warning, this is a review show. We are going to be uh, just, you know, if you have not seen this movie, I can't help you. Like, we, we're, <laughs> we're, we're just about to tear it up. I mean, it, uh, we're not going to tear it up, but we're, we're about to explore all kinds of things that are going to ruin gonna... all of the movie. Look, we're not going to filter ourselves, is what no. Jasmine's saying. No. Like, we're not holding this... back. Some people spoil shit. Some people don't spoil shit. We every spoil episode, it. Every podcast likes to choose their, their preferred preference. I would rather just get into it. If we're going to talk yeah. about it, let's talk about it. I just well, the person it. at Variety I, who saw this film two weeks before everybody else did didn't bother to keep any secrets and ruined the post credit scene. I uh, See, this is why I didn't read a single thing. And, yeah. um, and, any, and anyone that said anything about... Um, spoilers or whatever or i can't believe that they've leaked this or they've said this or done mm-hmm. that. i'm like i'm not clicking on that well, yeah i'm not clicking on that um so my two mid-credits so my two mid-credit scenes um when i watched them were fresh to me well so, one of them uh, got spoiled for me the mid-credits got spoiled but the post-credit was a surprise no i literally didn't know anything and um well we'll talk about them when we get to them um we'll talk about like it was quite funny like when we do get to, when we do get to them because my sister was sitting next to me so, uh, so uh, i was all by my lonesome no i think it made it funnier like and i'll talk about it more when we talk about it it made it funnier because i didn't realize who that person oh what, I, what see. Was. I see yeah, yeah. so okay. i was like That's, oblivious i can understand why you would not know who that was yeah like <laughs> I, I do know who that person is but I just didn't like, they're not someone I care about. So when they came on the screen, I didn't know who that was. And then my sister was like, oh my God. Wait, what was she like again? It was like, oh my God. <laughs> and uh, I don't think she's a fan, boy or girl, of that person. But anyway, we'll talk about that person <laughs> later on. So anyway, um, Jasmine. It's the first time me and you have been on our own. For a I while. know it's been so long since it's been just the two of us. Like we've oh, we've had lots of guests helping us out for I would say like the last so, yeah loads, like yeah. Last, almost last two months. So it's it's, it's the originals. Months. It's the OGs, guys. It's just yeah, yeah. us. You're stuck. My apologies. Um, <laughs> yeah. So last week, yeah, last week we had Matt from Pop, Talking Pop Culture in Australia. The week yeah. before, uh, the week before we had uh, like a Halloween combo. That one was of, fun. Of, of guests and yeah. then o- over the weeks before that we had like Tony well obviously we had Tony Fleece uh yeah. obviously from from uh, Stray Dogs yeah. uh, as, as, as our conversation piece we've had um Tom from uh Two Rolls at War Caller yeah um we've even got some that we have recorded that we can't tell you about just yet 
Oh yeah, we've already recorded November's <laughs> conversation. Yeah, uh, which will be coming out at the end of November. We we uh -huh. pre-record we pre-recorded because uh, Jasmine uh, celebrates the um, celebration of getting rid of the English. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that one? I mean, I guess that's better than you know everything else. Basically, it's just two free days off where we eat like maniacs over here. So hell yeah, celebrate that. I feel like it's like Christmas version one for you guys. Like, yeah, pretty Christmas much. And, uh, I'm only joking, obviously. Thanksgiving, you know, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful holiday. So uh, I'm just jealous. So. I'm so I'm sorry. You guys have Boxing Day though. We don't have that. Yeah, maybe you guys should push for that. Like, we should. We should. Yeah, we should push for Thanksgiving. So. Why not? Yeah, I'd, ha <laughs> I'd, hap I'd happily become part of America. Other than. I want to keep the NHS. <laughs> I'm not down. I'm not down for paying like 200 pounds for paracetamol or whatever you lot pay. So. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, don't get me started on that, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we go any further, is there anything you? I know we don't do recommendations anymore. Anything you've been watching that you have, uh, want to shout out? I mean, wow. Let's see. I've been, of course been on my anime kick i started watching this anime called platinum end which is really interesting it's like uh 13 angels have come to japan and they have to find a replacement for god um and all of the people that they are sort of recruiting are all people that were like on the verge of suicide and so now wow. these people that had nothing left to live for are now like competing against each other to become god mm -hmm. uh it's really interesting they've got some really cool weapons uh they've got like these arrows that can kill people they have some of them have wings some of them don't it's it's pretty interesting so far so i'm i'm digging platinum end if i had to recommend it of all the things i'm watching i would i would say that's the one yeah no that sounds interesting um i've been watching and i binged uh i watched well when it first came out i watched the first two or three episodes and then i haven't watched any and then I think episode nine came out today of a show called Foundation, which is on Apple TV. Oh, know, yes, I've heard of that. I don't know how many people have Apple TV. Um, I do not. Yeah, no, I... I so watch I it when some of my friends come over and they'll connect their phones, whatever. I mean, yeah. I don't even have an iPhone. So, like, I have, you can have, I have you can zero have, Apple products. You can have Apple TV, though, without uh, the phone and stuff. Oh, like, okay. You, I think... I th so, I've got Apple TV... I think on my playstation or my fire stick i can't remember which and um or both um anyway foundation is like high i would say like it's high level sci-fi like mm -hmm. it's high concept sci-fi i think it's based off a book by isaac asimov okay and and what i like about it is how like not every character is in every episode Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And like, and some, and then, and then you'll have some episodes where it's kind of a bit like the heroes thing, you know, like how mm -hmm. they drop in and out, and there's all these different characters everywhere. Yeah, but it, but it's not as ridiculous as I say. It's not as ridiculous. <laughs> I say it's not as ridiculous. Save the I cheerleader, mean, save the world. I, I say it's not as ridiculous. It, it obviously is high concept sci-fi. Of course, so, yeah. So, but. It's, it's different to heroes but what i mean by heroes is the comparison to heroes is different characters in different places but at the very end of episode nine you can see the links all really coming together oh um, yeah i love it when they do that so, yeah like and there's a brilliant twist that happened at the end of episode nine where there, there was this i won't i won't reveal the twist but there's this from episode one you've seen this floating 
pillar on this mm-hmm. planet. And for the nine episodes, all it's done is float. And at the end of episode nine, you finally see it open. And, um, and so, like, there's all these different things going on. Um, there's this, a lot of the galaxy is ruled by this high, um, this this one person mm-hmm. who they, they have this perfect clonage of this one leader from, like, 2,000 years ago. And they, okay. constantly, they constantly clone this guy uh, to rule this galaxy and stuff like that. And they've got this really unique hierarchy and and just way of life and as with all these things their problems are on the horizon of course um but yeah no i don't want to say much more than that but it's really it's well actually just really beautiful to look at so as well so i've heard um, a lot of good things about foundation honestly like it's coming up as probably one of my best shows of the year, I would say. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's so... Uh, it's a shame we haven't reviewed it. I know that we're not going to get time this year now, probably, but it's, yeah, so... Um, I definitely would recommend it. And it's only 10 episodes, so... Oh, yes, that's my um, speed right there. Oh, uh, yeah, honestly. I, I, well, I'm going to say one more thing before we go. We're going to News of the Week. I literally have decided to drop so many shows. <laughs> I've decided finally this week I'm done with the blacklist. Lie, I'm done are you uh, sure? Yeah, no. Look, I, the only way I'm going to go back to these things is when they're finished. I'll go back okay. and catch up, even if that's ten years from now. <laughs> like I, I've written it, might it down. Be. I've written it down where I've finished. I've got. I've actually have. I'm a bit sad. I'm a geek, obviously. I have an app where every time I watch something, I record the episode. Like I have a little, like a little tick list thing. Uh-huh. There are app, there are apps out there you can keep a track of films and TV shows that you've watched. Interesting, I, interesting. And I, I do that so every time. So I know exactly where I've watched on the blacklist. I'm done. I've done with Grey's Anatomy. I'm done with Station 19. I've what? decided. I've, I've decided. I'm done with all the Chicago's. Um, I, Mark, what are you going to have left to watch? No, there's loads of things to watch. Like, and um, I'm just done with all these procedural 25 episode okay, yeah. shows. Like, like, and Grey's Anatomy, I'm the most disappointed about. It was so good in its heyday, but it's just so boring now. <laughs> uh, I, I know I'm probably offending people, but I'm just done. Like, I mean, it's, I want, it's been quite a while. I mean, the only shows I'm going to forgive the 20 episode format to are going to be very few and far between now. Like, um, so. But yeah, I'm done. I, me and my wife watch Grace together. I've told her if she wants to carry on, carry on. But I'm done. <laughs> I said I'm out. Like, yeah. And she's like, "Are you ever going to watch it?" I said, "I might go back when it's finished. Let me know. I'll go back." And uh, I said, "I said if anything more will happen is when it's done, I'll go back." Mm-hmm. So, anyway, let's do news of the week. All right. It's three things to cover. We're not going to cover everything. Like, there's been a massive load of news dropout of oh, di- yeah. di- Disney Plus announcements. Um, we'll go into those in a minute. We've just grabbed two things that we thought looked cool. But honestly, yeah. go go Google Disney Plus news. You'll see loads of stuff. Yeah, today is a D-plus day. Yeah. Um, but before we jump into that, Dean Stockwell, um, mm-hmm. who many people will know from Quantum Leap, um, sadly passed away this week at age 85. Yeah. Um, I think he just just died at his home, hopefully peacefully. Um, I don't really know. I don't think they've released much news in the way of how he passed away, but I don't think that's particularly important anyway. Um, so it's obviously very sad and obviously sad for his family and close friends. Um, but when I read it, I was like, oh man, like, I mean, obviously yeah. it's sad. sad I know you were super bummed because you love Quantum Leap. 
I know, honestly, Quantum Leap is the one show that I keep hoping they'll one day bring back. I was like, I, I was such a big Quantum Leap fan, honestly. Did, did you watch Quantum Leap? Yes, I did. I loved it. Did you watch it all, did you watch it all like, start to finish? Uh, I don't know if I saw it all the way through, but I did like did, it. Have you ever seen the last episode? I don't think so. Oh, or if I did, well, I, I really don't remember. You know, it's been you so long. Go, you should watch the last episode. The last episode's heartbreaking. Like, Aww. Like, I mean, uh, basically, uh, do you want me to tell you or not? I mean, that's up to you. <laughs> Sam Beckett is this, like, kind of like his final leap, so to speak, but it, it isn't his final leap, but he leaps into himself on the day that he's born. So it's kind of a little bit supernatural, the last episode. Oh. And the and he leaps into potentially himself, and he's in, and he, most of the episode is around a bar ran by a guy called Al, uh, yeah, who, who may or may not be God. Um, it's very much alluded to this person being God. However, this person pretty much admits that they've been behind Sam's leaps, uh-huh. um, and all the guy says to him, if he can. Um, I think it's along the lines of if he can have a knowledge or or something or admit or something like that that he's responsible for his own destiny, he will let him go home. And Sam's like, I can't, can't do that. Like, like he couldn't believe that he's responsible for his own destiny. So then this guy behind the bar basically says, "Then you're going to carry on leaping, but the leaps are going to get harder." Um, which was meant to be a setup for the following season. Uh-huh. Obviously, the show got cancelled, so they went back and they edited the episode to to make it fit as a season, uh, sorry, series finale. Uh-huh. Um, but the but the nice thing was at the end of the episode was Sam Beckett said that he before he went on and did these harder missions, could he go and do his best friend Al a favor and he leapt into somebody. So you, I don't know if you remember from the show, there's an ongoing joke about Al having like 18 wives or something like that. <laughs> no. Not, eight, not 18 wives. There's was, was an ongoing thing about how he had like six or seven wives. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> so Sam's final moment in the show was when he leapt into some random person and knocked on the door of Al's first wife and said to her that he was, because he'd been at war for like over two years and no one had heard from him. Uh, and said to wait for him and that he is coming back. And that's kind of how the show ends. And then the show has some text that comes up on the screen and says that Al basically stayed with his wife for life forever, had kids together. And mm. it said that Sam never left home. Um, I'm probably boring anybody that had no interest in Quantum Leap. <laughs> but um, honestly, it's such a fan of Quantum Leap. I honestly loved it. And I've always hoped that one day we'd get to sort of revisit it. Um, but... I mean, even if we do now, the sad thing is that we won't get to see that, uh, Al and Sam. Yeah. And, you know, Dean and um, uh, I've probably forgotten Sam's real name now. What's his? Uh... Scott Bakula. Scott, yeah, yeah, Scott Bakula. To, just to see the chemistry between the two of them. So the two of them have had actual uh, Quantum Leap uh, reunions. So they had an episode together on Star Trek Enterprise which I saw, and they also, which I haven't seen, had an episode together in NCIS New Orleans. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. But I, I am actually tempted now to go and find that episode and um, watch it together. So, <laughs> look, I mean, it's a sad loss, obviously, for the film industry, film TV industry, and 
it's a sad loss for all us Quantum Leap fans who were hoping one day to see those two reunited one way yeah. or the other. So, oh. yeah. Well, sorry for your loss, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't know him, but like, you know. <laughs> uh, the, the next piece of news, do you want to take it or? Sure. Okay. All right. So, next piece of news. I'm going to do this really, really badly, but any kid who is a millennial should recognize the okay come on like that's that's the x-men music from the 90s right yeah so everyone knows that music you should everyone should know that music okay even my really bad rendition of it everybody should know it so disney plus today announced that they are doing an X-Men 97 series that is set to premiere in 2023 and people are losing their minds about this. I am super how, excited. I love how they announced it though. They memed it. Like they released yes. a meme. They yes. released a meme With of Wolverine looking at a portrait, but the portrait yeah. was actually X-Men 97. Yeah, I love it because that meme has been used everywhere. So whoever yes. is in charge of Disney's <laughs> social media, give them give them yeah. something. Give them a high five, you know. Yeah. Like, no, give them like, a raise. Give them a bonus. Yeah, actually, give them something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> give them some, Actually, yeah, they don't want high fives. They want yeah, cash. They want money. Uh, yeah. well, I can assure you that they want cash. Yes. But honestly, when I saw that meme, I was like, what? Hold on. I did a double take. I was like, yeah, I was like, X Men 97. What? Is that why? But, and Wolverine has his original costume? This is kind of exciting. I love that cartoon. Oh, I love Loved that it. cartoon so much. Like, I I'm, honestly, now, like, I don't really remember it that well because it's been um, a long time for me. Um, so I, I, and I'm glad that it's 2023. Gives me time to rewatch. Plenty of time. Well, now that I've cut out all those shows, um, yeah, now so, you have plenty of room. <laughs> yeah, plenty of room. So I, I'm, I'm stoked. Honestly, I actually, yeah, think I think brilliant. that's going to be so fun. I, I think it'll be fun to introduce like this new generation to that old school type of animation. I hope they go back and kind of rejig the formatting of um, the original and get rid of the square border thing and like. Oh well, yeah, they will. It'll. I'm sure it'll be letterbox now. Um, uh, but I really hope that they keep it as close to that cartoon as possible because that was like oh, yeah, the, the biggest disconnect yeah. for me. Like when we finally got the X Men movies and Rogue was a kid, and I was like, "Why is Rogue a kid?" Like. I want adult rogue who was sassy and southern. Ah, oh, I just so felt that, like that was such a that, missed opportunity. That cartoon was like my introduction to the X Men. I've never heard of the X Men before. Like mm-hmm. I, um, that because I think that that TV series and the Spider Man animated TV series were out around the same time. Mm-hmm. And those two things, I was watching before I even went to a comic shop. And then I went to a com- I think I started watching that series not long before I went to a comic shop and then started buying X-Men and Uncanny X-Men and Generation yeah. X and stuff like that. Um, so kind of that that TV series really helped me to get to know the characters. And I, I Rogue was like one of my favorite characters. Yeah, she was like, she was I, my favorite. Rogue and Storm were 100 percent my favorites from the cartoon. I loved how sassy Rogue was. Like, yes. I was like, yeah, and like, I loved her accent because oh, I yeah, felt yeah, like her. she could have been my neighbor. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that would be good. Do you know what? The one thing I was like, and this is a good segue into the next piece of news, but the one thing I was like, oh, I was really flicking through the news, hoping they were going to say they were bringing back Spider-Man, the animated series. Ah, um, but there was no, there's well, no news on that. There's no news on them bringing that back. However, <laughs> Disney are clever people, you know. Yeah. So, you get the next know, best thing. 
So I don't know if anyone knows right now, but Disney do not own the Marvel, sorry, the movie rights to Spider-Man. Sony do. Mm-hmm. But that's the movie rights. Sony, Sony do not own the animated rights. I think what I believe is, from what I've been able to ascertain, is anything under half an hour, Marvel can do. Anything beyond half an hour, Sony can do. From what I've, I don't know if, if that is a, a half an hour thing, but that's kind of what I've picked up from around the internet. So they are going to release Spider-Man Freshman Year uh, animated series in Disney Plus, and this is what I quite like. It's going to be set in the MCU, yes. and it's a it's a prequel series. What I would imagine, though, is that Tom Holland probably is not going to be the voice. So yeah, I, would, well. I, would, I would imagine that Sony have got that bit locked down. So um, We shall see. Uh, yeah. But see, that just goes to prove that the devil is in the details. Like, honestly, who, what, who would think that when you're looking at any kind of contract? Like, we own these rights, you own those rights. Ah, but if your product is 29 minutes and 59 seconds long, then... I can do whatever I want with it. But as soon as I hit that 30 minute mark, then <laughs> you have to do stuff. It's like, the hell? <laughs> I, I'm a sh- I, from what I read, I think that is the case. Because I mean, if you, obviously you've got Spider-Man uh, into the Spider-Verse animated movie, mm-hmm. which, which I'm sure if there was a loophole that Marvel could do animated movies, they would be releasing Tom Holland as an animated Spider-Man as their, as their get out. Like they'd mm-hmm. cut Spider-Man out and they would just release animated movies of spider-man that'd be their gal like they'd be like you know what? you you lot you lot they'd be like look you lot go and get andrew garfield back and uh we'll, we'll just <laughs> we'll just carry we'll just carry on like that's what that's what marvel would do and every marvel disney film would just be animated like you know uh we just have to go and see these big blockbuster animated movies but, i mean if they're making them as good as they made into the spider-verse i'm down sign me up yeah Oh, I think Marvel would probably make them brilliantly. But, yeah. Um, uh, one of the other pieces of news that I thought was really funny is the Agatha series. There is, yes, oh, Agatha. Yeah. It was Agatha all along. <laughs> and I killed Sparky too. Um, <laughs> so Agatha is going to be having her own series. I think that's also going to be out in 2023. And, oh, and oh, one that did make me really excited. I totally forgot about Baymax is back from Big oh, Hero 6. Oh, the trailer for the Baymax series looks so cute. I loved Baymax, and I there was a few. There was Big a Hero few 6. trailers. There was yeah. a few tiny trailers. There was a tiny She-Hulk trailer, mm-hmm. um, which I'll be honest, it didn't get me excited. At all. It doesn't really show um, enough of anything. I think that's the trouble. It was just it wasn't a trailer, really. It was yeah. a teaser. teaser. It, yeah. was, it was a teaser trailer. Uh, there was a tiny little bit of Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of uh, Miss Marvel. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's a lot of tiny things released here and there, but like I say, look. Google's your friend mm-hmm. or Bing it if that's your preference. Nope, you're uh, going to Google it. Um, <laughs> also, Jeez. I thought this oh, was geez. really funny in response to all of the Disney Plus stuff. The boys refused to be outdone. And so in Amazon fashion, they released a trailer for their fictional uh, streaming service called Vought Plus. And, <laughs> and everyone from the seven had some kind of segue or segment within the little commercial for Vought Plus streaming, including Black Noir, who does not speak. And so his entire segment was cue cards, 
which I thought was really funny. Oh, um, we'll this. oh my God. It's hilarious. I retweeted it. Uh, so like straight from the, the boys official like account, but like, yes. Yeah, so after all the Disney plus stuff, Vought was like, Oh, we got you. We got you. We're, we're hitting the fictional world. And so they released a Vought plus streaming service trailer as well. On its gun washes and yes, subscribe it's to Vault Plus. <laughs> yes, they say that the price increases next week, so get in there quick. Oh, oh right, okay. <laughs> Do you know what would be genius if Amazon like actually changed the Amazon Prime app or the Prime Video app for like yeah. a couple of to, weeks? To Vault Plus, yeah. Or when, or when The Boys comes out, like yeah. you suddenly go onto your phone and you're like, where's Amazon Prime gone? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's Vault Plus. It's Vault Plus, yeah, yeah. that that would be funny. <laughs> I don't I think Amazon. I don't think Amazon would do that. <laughs> but that would be fun. That'd be funny. It would so, be. It would be. Well, as I said, there's a lot of Disney Plus stuff out there. We're not going to cover it all this week. Nope. Um, I know we normally tend to run down a list of stuff. About nah, it. not this time. When, when we saw it, we were like, "Oh, there's a lot there." Um, it just kept coming through while I was at work today, and I was like, mm, "Nope." <laughs> I'm not gonna make to a list. list with you. A lot of it was repeating itself. Yeah. As well. like, I mean, they had like a lot of new logos and and that kind yeah. of thing, it, it, or, or solidifying release dates is is yeah. kind of the stuff that oh, they did. So they they did show uh they did show a, a logo for Echo. So I guess now we know she's finally getting a TV series. So mm. I mean that bit that'd be long rumored. So she probably pretty much now will be in Hawkeye. So um that was a long rumor. So. Anyway, we will not talk about the other bit of news that's been floating around the Spider-Man No Way Home spoilers. So no, we're not spoiling. We we are not into spoiling things before they are available for public consumption. So we're not doing that. Yeah. I did read those. Um, Why? I accidentally clicked on it. Is what happened. So, oh. uh, I, I I can't remember. What, I don't know if I just <laughs> wondered what it was or whatever. But yeah, anyway, but they looked fake. That's all I have to say. So. Mm. Huh? I guess we've got about five weeks to find out the truth. Yeah. I'm, so. I'm ready. Ready for that one. Oh, yeah. I, I think it might be a midnight showing. Like, it's... Yeah. Definitely. I don't know if I'll be able to wait because it'll come out. <laughs> it'll, I reckon it'll come out midnight. And then by the time I go in the evening, people will already be ruining the crap out of it. Yeah. So I think I may have to be one of the first showings. So anyway, we will call, a, call time on News of the Week. And we will be back in a moment. Hey there, this is Adam from Go Figure. And if you're a child of the 80s or a toy collector, you'll probably dig what we're doing. Each week, we look at a toy line from the past, find some toys from that toy line that could use some help, and we'll walk you through the steps that take them from the garbage bin to the display case once again. We have a lot of fun and rescue a lot of toys. So go over to YouTube, type in Go Figure, and come check us out. Actually, when we first met, he thought I was a vampire, and he tried to stake me through the heart. I have apologized so many times. Not quite enough times. Very close, though. I'll let you know. Oh, I have to get ready for the next scene. Come to my tent. We'll talk there. Wait, are we getting back together? We need to talk. The deviants are back. We don't know how many there are. You need to come with us. Anyway, we're back. All right. Kicking right in. Eternals. Directed by Chloe Zhao. The screenplay is by Chloe Zhao, Patrick Burley, Ryan Firpo, and Kaz Firpo. Story by Ryan Firpo and Kaz Firpo. It is produced by Kevin Feige and Nate Moore. 
runtime, two hours and 37 minutes. And I promise you feel all two hours and 37 minutes of that runtime. Plus trailers. Plus the 20 minutes of trailers, 25 minutes if your projectionist was feeling punchy. I feel like there's like half an hour of trailers. Um, it could anyway. be. It's all, that all depends on the projectionist. So release date in the UK and the US was the 5th of November, 2021. Obviously, this was 2021. Uh, when I was getting ready, I thought this was interesting. Australia got it on the 28th of October. So, oh, they had it a whole week. I did not know that until I was getting ready. Out of curiosity, I just Googled it. Because normally I just Google like UK, US. Mm-hmm. And I thought, out of curiosity, I thought, oh, did everybody get on the 5th? I was like, no, 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 Australia got it a whole week ahead. I didn't actually know that. I didn't know they got it ahead. Me neither. Um, before we talk about anything else, actually, before the thing kicked up, uh, the, the movie theatre I was at, uh, a warning came up saying they use infrared or nighttime, night vision, whatever it is, to pick up people that are video, illegally videoing in the cinema. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I've never seen that on any anything I've ever been to. Like, That's been awesome, to, though. But I've been to see, I obviously saw Venom the other week, and I saw... Uh, um, at the same theatre? Uh, no, I saw Sha- I saw <laughs> Shang-Chi at the same theatre. So, okay. um, yeah, that didn't have that there. Hmm. So I wonder if they've had some incidences at the theatre and oh, thought maybe. We've, we've got to put something in. So Maybe. This was the most people in a theatre since we've been back to theaters that I was in when I went and I went and saw it on a Wednesday night. Sorry. Yeah. I saw it on a Wednesday night too. Right. Okay. So budget 200 million us dollars. Um, as of the 12th of November, 2021, the performance stands at a us box office of 91 million us dollars international, which obviously includes the part of the world that I'm in um, <laughs> is 90 million us dollars. Overall, gives a worldwide um, performance of 181 US dollars. So we are, we are, we we have not made break even yet. Yeah, we have not made break even. However, it's not really been out that long. Yeah, it's only been a week. Yeah, it will get there. It will, it will surpass it. Well, within a week, it's almost made its money back. So, yeah, yeah, it's almost made its money back. So, I mean, at the moment, Marvel probably aren't pressing the button on number two, but. Yeah, they're probably pretty close. So yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine they're hoping for three or four hundred million. I would imagine. So. Yeah, they're gonna. There's gonna be a second one. I mean, I always refer back to this, but if Thor got three sequels, this movie is gonna get a sequel. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So this is the twenty sixth film in the MCU. It is the first standalone film that we've ever had based on The Eternals from Jack Kirby. Just quick, uh, quick, uh, a summary of The Eternals. This film spans 7,000-ish years. 7,000 years and a lot of characters. Yeah. Oh, my God. So many people. Um, So, oh, wait. I guess I should do the characters first. Oh no no we'll do we'll do no we'll do okay. the characters yeah yeah okay because yeah, well, there was so because I know we normally say the characters <clears throat> at the start we say yeah yeah the, uh, but because there were so many I was like say repeating ourselves that's why I bumped that down sorry got Everybody it no worries no everyone worries. listening everyone listening you're uh, getting some inside we, we, we normally <laughs> say the characters behind first, the but, scenes yeah but I bumped them down because there were so many so we yeah. will talk about the characters do yes, not worry they will get their shine don't worry uh, so anyway okay this movie is. Uh, 
basically we start out with a team. They are on a spaceship. They are awakened. Um, Selma Hayek is the leader of the team. She, everybody wakes up. They are at earth. And now their job is to protect earth from deviance. 5,000 BC. Yes. 5,000 BC. So that's what happens. We open up on this big, like, fight sequence between all the Eternals and, well, not all of them, only five. So basically the team, it's 10, 10 people total. Uh, oh, t- excuse me, 10 Eternals total. Um, of the 10, five of them are like heavy hitters. So the five heavy hitters are the ones that are actually fighting the Deviants while the other five are kind of just waiting until the Deviants are dead so that they can come down and introduce themselves to the people of Earth. Um, so that's pretty much how it starts. Uh, we got we don't really have any kind of clues on the team dynamic other than like these guys do the fighting, these guys do the soothing. Um, and that's pretty much it. So we go from 5,000 years, then we jump to, we kind of do a lot of time jumping uh, throughout the film just to kind of give some background knowledge on how the Eternals themselves evolve as they encounter human conflict um, because their mission, which was given by a celestial Ereshim, their mission is to not interfere with the development of humans unless deviants are involved. So that is why they don't intervene in global conflict. If there are no deviants, the Eternals pretty much don't give a shit. They're just kind of hiding in plain sight. So we kind of get time jump after time jump after time jump. We're in Babylon. We go to you know the destruction of the Mayan Empire. Um, there, so there's a lot of different things that kind of happen but most of the film is about i would say present day london um so we're in present day london and everybody is broken up like the team is is broken up and we only see two eternals so far the circe and sprite so then a deviant finds his way to london and then icarus shows up in london who icarus had been disappeared for a while no one knew where he was um so now we got a problem because after how many it was over two thousand years because i think the last time that they had the deviants was when they were all in mexico or guatemala they were in somewhere in either uh central central america so deviants are back and now we got a problem we only got three team members so now these three set out to find the rest of the team oh boy and, and and then it's just drama, 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 drama. The the deviants have evolved since the last time the Eternals fought them. So now th- there is a like king deviant who can take Eternals' oh, yeah. powers. So that poses a very big problem. Um, and then it just kind of there's a small mystery plot within the film. I say small oh, because yeah, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. 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 But so not only do we have to figure out, like they have to fig- get the team back together. They got to figure out where the deviants are coming from, how to get rid of them. But they, they also have a death in the group that they have to figure out like, oh God, how did this happen? Um, basically this film to me, to summarize it, it is probably the most human of all of the Marvel films, which is odd to say, because there are very few humans in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that they portray humanity in the Eternals, I think is, is kind of what they put front and center. The big, big, big 
theme that you get here is love. Um, so it, it moves a lot slower than most of the films that we're used to. There, there are big action set pieces, but there are that is not like the point of this film. It's very emotions driven. Um, so yeah, and of course, nothing goes according to plan. Shit hits the fan. We get more dead Eternals. Um, and then of course, by the end, the earth is forever altered because now there is half of a thing coming out of the center of the earth. It's, they left a mess and it's going to be very interesting to see where this goes from here. Yeah. So thanks for the summary. Um, (laughs) The terrible summary. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, to summarize, just under a three-hour movie, seven thousand years, ten characters into yeah, ten. two or three. Ten two characters, or three yeah. Two or three minutes is a is a feat on its own. So, um, anyway, so I think overall thoughts of the movie. So I'll go first, and then okay. you go for, and then you go next. Um, normally, I say you go first, but I'll, I watched it and I enjoyed it. Like. Okay. I wouldn't say I loved it. Fair. But I liked it. And I had to like, so when I sat, when it went finished and, you know, the final end credits scenes come up and like, you know, I was with a friend of mine and my sister and there was, it was a busy cinema. It wasn't packed. I'd say it's probably like 80% full maybe. Um, I think some people did leave, but probably like only three or four, but I think generally everybody stayed. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know, there was like more like a different kind of atmosphere. Yeah. And, and I and I said to you, I think I said to you about a week ago, because obviously, and we'll talk about the, the review bombing in a minute, like, and because there's obviously been a lot of negative about it, mm-hmm. I think the trouble is a lot of people have gone in to Eternals expecting Avengers or Ant-Man yeah. or whatever. They've expelled a Shang-Chi or... They've gone in expecting a humorous. They went in expecting a MCU film that they are used to, and that is not this movie. No, no, they went in expecting a standard, typical MCU movie, mm-hmm. the formula movie which they have. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the you know the one liner, one liner, mm-hmm. um, terrible bad guy. You know, one note bad guy that they normally have, except for Thanos and Loki, who well, is more of a good guy now. Um, and you know, they kind of. And that's a stereotypical form in a Marvel movie. But don't get me wrong, we always enjoy those movies. Of but, course. Like, but I said to you, I think, like, from what I could see of the trailers, I felt that this was going a different way. And the trailers had deliberately shown the action sequences. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they were not going to show the slow character building things because, you know, they, they want to get people in. So um, I, I, I sort of sat there and I was like, I like it. Not sure if I love it. <laughs> and then I was like trying to get my mind around it. Like, and then I think, I think oh, I'm glad that we didn't record this like the day of or the day of, like or day after. Yeah, you gotta sit but, with it for a couple of days. I think it's a film that I definitely have to sit with. Mm-hmm. And I think that I referenced the foundation that I watched earlier. And I was also thinking about June as well. And and I was thinking to myself, right, okay, I like high level, high concept sci-fi mm-hmm. movies. I love sci-fi films, I love sci-fi TV series. This is a pure sci-fi movie set in the MCU. So this is like a high-concept sci-fi movie. And I was thinking to myself, I love high-concept sci-fi movies. 
movies. I love things like this. Like I, you know, I, you know, you give me a high concept sci-fi movie with things like the CS tools or whatever, and so they weren't part of the MCU. <clears throat> like I, I would have gone into that, and I think a lot of people that like those kind of things would have gone into that probably like with an expectation of what they were going to get. Yeah. Um, a bit like June. Like people seem to really have loved June, mm-hmm. even though. Um, even though June is very much an introduction movie, doesn't really cover too much ground, mm-hmm. but kind of introduces you to that world. And it's only two and a half hours long. And the movie could have done in honesty have been about four hours long for June. <laughs> uh, not only because it kind of, by the end of the movie, you're like finally getting going. And, like, um, and so that for me, this film was very much an introduction movie, high concept sci-fi movie. All of those things I love. Now, obviously, because it's set in the MCU, and it wouldn't wouldn't have made sense if they hadn't have addressed Thanos, because people were immediately yes. like, "These people are so powerful. Why would didn't they step in?" So they had to give a reason for why they didn't step in. Um, so then that kind of made sense. So there was obviously some Avengers references and some Thanos references. Yeah, but um, that's it. They I, were very minimal. Well, I think if you had not built this as the twenty six movie in the MCU world. And not mention Thanos and not mention the Avengers. You wouldn't even know this was in the MCU. Like, yeah, the- like the way Netflix did their stuff when when they had, you know, like they mentioned the event in mm. Luke Cage and Daredevil, but like they never talked about what happened in New York City and mm-hmm. and the aliens and all of that stuff with the Avengers. Like they very rarely mentioned anything about that stuff. And it still made a lot of sense. Like you knew yeah. it was based in the same universe, but you also knew that you weren't going to get one of those through threads like you do with every other Marvel film. I think because Thanos, obviously, the event where he mm-hmm. got rid of 50% of the people and because people were so vital to the... But also, it wasn't just story. 50% of Earth. It was 50% of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, but obviously, because of the events of this movie, getting rid of 50% of the humans slowed down mm-hmm. the event that was going to happen in this movie. So they had to... It had to be addressed. It couldn't, mm-hmm. couldn't, couldn't be left off. I think people will be probably more mad that it didn't get mentioned than whatever. <laughs> but so I think sitting back in summary, I did like it. I didn't love it. I think it was a good introduction film. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, though. I think now that we've got the introduction out of the way, I think I'm more excited for a sequel than probably this movie. Um, I think that the sequel probably has a lot more... I can see the the sequel probably going down the stereotypical road of Marvel movies. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe still slightly high level, mm-hmm. but seeing the two post credit scenes, yeah, I, I feel like we're probably going to go back to more standard MCU type, like kind of content. But this obviously was was the introduction to the Eternals. Now, there is one thing I would like to say: is never read any Eternals ever. Yeah, me neither. Never been something that I've been interested in. I know people might shoot me for that, like Jack Kirby is a big name. But this has actually got me for the first time ever wanting me to read some uh, Eternals. I actually would like to pick up the first graphic novel and, and read some Eternals. So I would say that's the one thing it's done for me. And so if there's anything that's come out of it, you know, I enjoy, like I say, I enjoyed it. I didn't love yeah. it. I mean, the, the, everything about it visually was fantastic. Yeah, it was fantastic. stunning. It was like, stunning to look at. And I think it's a big question. Would I watch it again? Yes, I would watch it again. Yes. Like, would I? But well, I wouldn't watch it for, say, at least six months. I think I'd leave it. Like, yeah. you know, I would I, be I, happy I would. to watch this again at some point on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Well, what are your, in summary, your overall thoughts on this movie? Uh, 
this movie was really pretty. I enjoyed like the cinematography aspect of it. I liked the way that their powers manifested. Um, it was very different than anything we've seen before. It wasn't just like, I'm super strong and I can do this or I can run really fast. It was like, no, no, we can sort of create things from nothing. Almost like every single one of them is has a power ring. Like they're all Green Lanterns or something. Like they just can <laughs> manifest these things out of nothing. Um, so I enjoyed that part. I really liked most of the characters. Uh, I, but what, what really bugged me, and I guess I shouldn't say bugged me, but what I did not enjoy was the fact that this was like a human story. Um, I did not, I did not realize that I would be sitting down for a three hour love story. I, that was, that was not what I had in mind when I was going to see the turtles. Although I had to say, even when we first started seeing trailers for this, like I had no interest then and my interest never built. So I went to see this film because we were covering it. And that's like, that was the only reason that I saw this film. Um, I didn't hate it. I like you, I did not love it. Um, there were, there were some parts that I enjoyed. Again, I really enjoyed the characters. I thought the acting was really, really uh, kind of like a step above um, most of the stuff that we get within the MCU. So I will say that the casting was great. I obviously, I loved the diversity that we get to see on screen in this film. I mean, I just, I absolutely loved it. Um, but as far as like the story and, and the characters themselves and, and, the impact that this could have on the rest of the MCU. It's kind of like, <sighs> I just, <laughs> it, 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 the, there was never a point in the film where I was excited enough to feel like I was fully invested. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I said, there, there were very pretty parts. I really, really enjoyed the characters themselves, but as an overall story and as an overall film, it just didn't pull me along. I mean, I was, I was there because I paid to be there. <laughs> and like, like I said, I didn't hate it. And I wasn't bored. Like uh, one of my friends that, uh, that had seen it and walked out, but. Like, I mean, know, it's, it's, I, I, that friend that walked out, I bet any money, if you asked them, they were expecting something like Avengers. Um, well, one of the things that they had told me was, I don't like the way that these powers work. Their powers themselves are really boring. So yeah, yeah, I think that they were looking for something a little bit more exciting. I felt like, cause again, I don't know anything about the Eternals. Mm-hmm. Um, the powers felt like this was Marvel's version of Superman. Like, Well, only for Icarus though. I didn't feel I, like that at all for anybody else. I, he was very Superman. Oh yeah, yeah no, I, I know what you mean. Not all of them were Superman level, mm-hmm. but it did feel like a kind of, do you know what? It felt like it was DC heroes in the Marvel in the Marvel world. Yeah, I actually heard another podcast, uh, the For All Nerds podcast, describe this as a better Justice League film than the Justice League. <laughs> Which version of the Justice League? <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, it doesn't take much to be better than the Whedon version. So well, maybe, yeah. maybe they're maybe they're comparing it. I don't maybe, know. Maybe to Zack Snyder's version. Who knows? 
The Zack Snyder's version was good, other than the stupid scene at the end with the Joker. Like, and um, other than it being four freaking hours long. I, I was okay with the four hours because I, no, I was only okay. Okay, like I know we're segueing here, but I was okay with the four hours because they made such a big deal of him getting to go back. Yeah. And like I, I say, if, it, if, it, if he'd been given the first go around, four hours would have been too much. Yeah. But like because they were making such a big deal about him coming back, I was okay with those four hours. I didn't do the four hours in one go. I did two hours one night, two hours the next. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think like uh, uh, this. I think this is a character film. This is yeah, this is 100%. not the MCU film that we expect. This is not the film that is pushing the story of the MCU forward. Mm. Yes, there are huge altering events in this film. We don't film. know that yet, though. We don't know that yet. Well, yeah. I mean, like, there's there's big stuff that happens in this film, but this is this is 100% a character film. It is a character I mean, film. It did get me thinking, right, okay, so um, we've had Black Widow, which we know is a prequel. We had Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. which was an introduction to Shang-Chi. And then we have some teasers in, in the credits for Shang-Chi, which we still don't really know much of. Apparently there's some signal within his bracelets, which again was is like... broadcasting. Yeah, which probably into deep space. Mm-hmm. We've got the Eternals again. I mean, we're not going to talk about the ending right now, but uh, we know there's going to be a lot more space involved. Mm-hmm. We obviously got Guardians of the Galaxy. We've potentially got, mm-hmm. we've got Thor 4. Is Marvel gonna maybe explore more space stuff? We don't know. Probably. Like, yeah, probably. probably. Um, well, at some point, I'm sure we'll get Nova and all the rest of them. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll get we'll get those kind of characters. Um, will 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 the other things like Spider Man, Doctor Strange, um, you know, Ant Man three? I think are going to be like a multiverse type thing on its mm-hmm. own. And then I think then we're going to have this space stuff built out. I think what I was finding frustrating was, because obviously on its own, take away the Marvel Universe references. It's a good good standalone sci-fi, high-level concept sci-fi movie, I think. Um, but obviously we're linking it with the Marvel Universe. And one of the things mm-hmm. I was thinking about was from the pretty much early on, we could see a roadmap for the Avengers coming together and eventually we could see, even from the first Avengers movie, we knew Thanos was coming. Yeah. We kind of we kind of knew the roadmap. But with all these different films, Marvel were not sharing much. They're being yeah. so secretive. They were linear before and nothing is linear now. At the moment, it just feels, and I'm sure there's a plan. Kevin Unless Feige, this is the plan, since we have all of these divergent timelines, maybe the chaos and the confusion is part of the plan. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Again, we're all just speculating because that's what we do. But it feels <laughs> to me, it feels to me like I don't really know what's going on. Yeah. So, which I'm sure Kevin Feige right now is loving it, like you know, rubbing his hands and seeing all the cash coming. So. Oh yeah. Um, anyway, let's talk about review bombing quickly. So everybody, there's a lot of review bombing going on. People uh, get so butthurt over stupid stuff. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, when I when I see people go and review bomb stuff, I'm like, man, just just come on, like you know, I'm gonna watch it. I don't care that you guys have gone and smashed it with ones and stuff like that, you know, like to bring down the score rating. I, I if I've made a decision to watch something, and a lot of people that made the decision to watch Eternals, they watched it anyway. Mm-hmm. They didn't care. They didn't care that you lot went slated it. So yeah. I I saw the review bombing, and I thought to myself, the reason you've done it is because it's not the film you wanted. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that it's a bad film by any means. Yes. It's just not the film that you, you didn't like it. 
So I would say objectively, that. this is a this is a decent film. Objectively, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the cinematography is great, the acting is good. Um, like there are plenty of characters that you want to root for. Uh, overall, it's, it's it's a good film. It's if it didn't meet my expectations, that doesn't mean that I should just shit on it. You know. Right, let's now talk about the characters, which I know you were desperate to get into. I'm so excited to talk about the characters. What we'll do is, because obviously time is, is, uh, you know, not a luxury for anyone, (laughs) listeners and ourselves. We'll just kind of break down each one, kind of give it a minute or two on each one and our thoughts on them. And then at the end of them, we'll just, you know, I'd love to hear what your favourite is of them all. Oh, Um, yeah, I got two. I got two favourites. I got two. Two I'll trade you you one. No, no, I don't. So I, I, if I struggle to say anyone's names, uh, you might have to uh, jump in. So uh, Gemma Chan, who I know from Humans. Um, have you seen Humans? Can we stop typecasting Gemma Chan? That's all. Like when it got to that point in the film where that was revealed, I was like, I know, again? I was so annoyed. Seriously? I was so, annoyed. I was like, <laughs> so look, look, we're going to spoil shit now. Okay. Yes. So you, you got warned plenty of times. Yes. All the Eternals are robots. Yes. Okay. Like that was a really disappointing twist for yes. me. They were created However, by the Celestial. I get it, though, because of the chain of events of the movie. They obviously... I'd rather they'd have just been like immortals. Like, yeah. I mean, I look I, again, I know I'm not, not criticising anything that Jack Kirby has done, and I, if I'd like to read the comics and maybe I can understand a bit more of the origins of, of the Eternals. But I think I was more disappointed because of Gemma Chan having previously played a robot <laughs> in, in Humans. And I was like, oh... Well, that's, that's what I was saying. Can we stop typecasting Jimmy Chan? Like she was fabulous in Crazy Rich Asians. Like she she is human. She can play human characters. Can we get her to play humans instead of playing robots? I mean, I'd love to know if the Eternals all end up being human. I mean, at some point, I don't know if that's the plan. But anyway, Gemma Chan as Cersei was clearly like the main, the yes. main Eternal. She was the heart of the team. Yeah, yeah. She was the heart. Um, now I don't think she played a robot. Like, as in, it wasn't like... No, not not a robotic performance at all. She wasn't None. robotic or anything like that. No. And I mean, obviously, she was... In fact, she was, like you say, very human. Mm-hmm. I I think she was she was great. Like, I, I loved watching her in this movie. Um, definitely leadership material with the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a character that I'd love to learn and know more about. Um, I, by, the, by the way, before we get into any of this, I'm, I'm aware that some of these characters have been gem, gender swapped or whatever from the books. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know which characters those were. Not me um, either. So I, I literally did no research prior to going to see the film. So oh, I, yeah, no, I went into this film completely blind and just kind of like taking it I, at no, face value. But I also didn't want to because I want to go read the book and on its own. I don't want to go spoil the books myself. So um, I, I enjoyed watching Gemma Chan. I think she's yeah. great. Like I say, humans is anything I've seen her in. Um, so she's, she's uh, good in it. And that's not true. You've seen her in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. She did have yes. another rock. Yes. Galaxy. She was green. <laughs> so, playing alien again, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's um, what I'm saying. Can we please yeah. hire Gemma Chan to play human, please? Uh, yeah. Uh, Maybe she could be Vision's wife. Oh God! Like, be she could be the Vision, the new Vision. No, I'm only joking. All right, anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, it's too late now. They cast her as Eternal. That's it. Yep. So, um, I, there's not really a lot to say. But she was what? she was great from the very beginning. Like she she was 
clearly the empathetic one from the moment that they all like awakened. Um, and you could just tell like over the course of the film, how she just had this deep love of humanity. Um, and that's kind of why she ends up becoming team leader is because of her love of humans. And uh, at one point, Icarus even mentions that if he wanted to get, if he wanted to get to know her better then he had to get to know humans first. Um, so I, I, they really just kind of used her as the vehicle to show that even robots can love something. What did you think about her um, chemistry between Icarus versus her chemistry with Dame Whitman? Uh, I didn't think she had chemistry with either of them. If, I don't think. If I'm I, being I, think that, I think. I think there was a struggle there uh, with both of them. Yeah. No. I think yeah. she had more chemistry with Dane Whitman than she did with Icarus. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I think the chemistry was weak with both. Yes. Very. Um, yeah. Very, very, very. Which also the first time that we have a sex scene in a Marvel oh. film, that lack of chemistry made that sex scene incredibly awkward. incredibly awkward i guess let's talk about icarus now so icarus is uh sort of what you would assume would be the leader um Mm -hmm. of the of the team um richard madden uh so game of thrones-esque and the bodyguard on bbc one and was really good in the bodyguard so um apparently that is coming back for another season (laughs) I did not enjoy his performance as Icarus. I felt it was obvious from yes. the very moment we yes. meet him that he is bad he's guy a, in the He's wings. a piece of shit. Like that was very yeah. apparent from, yeah. from day one. Yeah. yeah. I, it was obvious that he was uh, yeah. He yeah, was as a, so yeah. as soon as they got well, skipping skipping ahead, as soon as they got to the first dead eternal, I was like he did it like obviously he he did it like hello <laughs> what, what do you what oh, do you oh, oh, i'll be honest i didn't see that bit oh um, my coming. god yeah i did i didn't see i didn't see that he killed um we'll talk about that tunnel when we get to it but um i didn't see that he killed that tunnel um yeah. i didn't see that because i was a bit like I didn't well just because that. he was such a prick like he I didn't see the logistics of it. That's why I didn't see it. So, because I mean, well, I didn't see the way that it happened. Like, I did not see that coming, but like, I knew it was him. Yeah. I mean, it was obvious that he was going to. So, when they were obviously as all of the team building up to stop in the main event, Mm -hmm. it was obvious to me that at some point he was going to turn on them. And I thought to myself, if I was sitting there with them right now, I could point him out and say, He's not going along with any of this. You can tell by his awful facial reactions that he's not into any of this. Like, so yeah, in short, Richard Madden, Icarus was the sort of like Superman-esque of the yes. team. He was the highest, most powerful character in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, he so the all of the Eternals were together until an event. I think it was um Babylon. No, it was the uh, the Aztecs uh, or the Mayans. Yeah, no. Yeah, there was some, yeah, maybe the Mayans, whatever. There was some big thing in 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 um, Earth history. They all sort of fell out there when they were in separate ways. And mm-hmm. um, But he obviously, Chris, did get married to Cersei. It was a very awkward love relationship. Yeah, and like you say, the most probably the most awkward sex scene I've ever seen on TV. Yeah, they just, like, I think just Jim Chan and Richard Madden didn't have any chemistry whatsoever. No, like, no. 
they were they were much better in the scenes where they're sort of antagonists to each other uh <laughs> but like when they were supposed to be lovey-dovey it was like i'm not buying it at all <laughs> sorry guys um, so he he does turn against the team and in the end he decides in the end for love to let them win he loves cersei too much yeah. um i thought it was quite funny that she's called cersei considering there's two game of thrones characters in this film <laughs> so um and what i thought was quite funny was that Icarus flew too closely to the sun. I thought yeah. that was uh, that was a good little twist. Well, they said that so. Sprite made up that story because that was sort of her power was to manifest illusions, and mm. uh, so they said that Sprite is the reason that we were ever given the story of Icarus and flying too close to the sun. Yada yada yada. So before we was... move on, I was going to say before we move on from Icarus, I'd love to know what your thoughts are. Do you think he's alive? Yes, because why? I don't think he's dead. Because there is no body. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I wanted. Like, they don't see his death. Yeah. It's kind of like... He might have changed his mind halfway through the sun and decided, you know what? I don't want to do this. Or or, or I thought to myself, we don't know how powerful he is. Maybe he flew into the sun and he's all right. Yeah, flew into the sun and then flew out on the other end. (laughs) I don't know about about that. But but maybe he like flew into it and didn't necessarily die. Or maybe 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 he absorbed some of the sun's radiation. Or maybe the heat just knocked him out and he's kind of floating through space and then suddenly wakes up uh, at the beginning of part two. How much like Superman is he? Does he really need to use the sun to recharge just like the Man of Steel? Yeah, we, I mean, we don't know, but like yeah. we've always said, unless there's a body, there's no body. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Now we did see some dead bodies. So the the bodies that we did see, we knew they were dead because they turned a different color. So I just don't believe that he's dead. Yeah, I, just, I don't. I don't think Icarus is dead. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. So I'm. I'm not. So right. So we've got Kumail Nanjani. Yeah, I was. I was. I was reading. I was like. <laughs> So this is the humor of the team. Yeah. Like, he is probably the most stereotypical Marvel character we've got. Like, I think in terms of humor, like in yeah. terms of one-liners, I don't mean like his background or anything like that. Cause I think this, the background is very different from what Marvel movies like. You know, yeah. It was Marvel. awesome to see a Bollywood sequence in a Marvel film. I oh, will oh. definitely say that for sure. Honestly, that, that whole bit I thought was one very, very new for Marvel. Yeah. Um, in fact, there's a lot of new stuff for Marvel in this movie, but it was, um, the Bollywood sequence was amazing. The whole thing, the whole, you know, just his whole thing, his whole get up about Bollywood, the whole, yeah. you know, and the fact, and that, the fact that he'd just, been doing it for like two centuries at the very least. Uh, and and like, at one point, yeah. one character is like, dude, don't they know that you're the same guy? He was like, we're not the same. This was my great great grandfather. This was my grandfather. This was my father. And then there was me. I'm fourth generation. And everybody yeah. is like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he's really like into the whole thing. Like yeah. he and, and like I, yeah. so for me, I thought he was brilliant. Like I, I thought he was just so good. Like yeah. so funny. Like honestly. I did not realize he was in Silicon Valley. This makes me now. Oh confused. my God. He's great in Silicon Valley. I've not seen Silicon Valley. It's oh my God. I I don't, okay. Listen, I do not like sitcoms. I do not like sitcoms in general. Silicon Valley, the first two seasons were fucking hilarious. Like laugh out loud on my couch by myself. Hilarious. I, I really, Silicon Valley is something I always wanted to watch, but I don't think really much to add about him, but I think he, 
He, he for me also was the heart of this team. I felt no, like. he wasn't. Yeah, How yeah could, he was. He like, abandoned them. No, 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 no. Like, I mean, I know he abandoned them, but like he, he I felt like he was like the comedy glue that kind of like brought them together. Like, I know he walked out on them, and then his like PA guy sort of thanked them and stuff. But I, I kind of just felt like. I don't know, there was something about him that I got drawn to. Like, I know he wasn't the same heart that Cersei had, but... He was very charismatic. Yeah, that's probably the word. Yeah, charismatic. That's yeah. what I liked. I liked his, his charisma. I liked uh-huh. his charisma. I wouldn't say he was out for everybody. I would say he was out for mostly himself. Yes. But, but, I, but I think his charisma really did help to bring the team together at the early stages. Like, to me, he girl. felt like the guy that almost, well, I mean, I, I guess I'll go with a different reference. I was going to go with like a high school football reference, but you probably wouldn't get that. But he felt like the guy that was always meant to be part of a team and wouldn't be able to do much of anything as a standalone. Mm-hmm. So when he left the team in like their hour of need, I was like, that's very typical like you seem like that guy mm, yeah no i mean look I, th- I think that was wrong that he walked out but i liked his charisma and i think at the beginning his comedy and his charisma um worked really well for the team so yeah well i thought it was hilarious that when they first approached him and told him who had died and he gets real quiet and they're like yeah you know this sucks we're gonna figure it out we gotta go get the others and the first thing out of his mouth is I can't leave. We just started shooting this movie. It's the first of a trilogy. And <laughs> I, I thought it was very Tom Cruise of him, though, to say I've got all these people to look after, yeah. like all this, um, all these actors and producers yeah. and directors. They relied on me. I was like, wow, Tom Cruise is in this movie. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, anyway, Sprite. So Sprite and Cersei have been together quite a while. Sprite was with Ajax, and Ajax said to go look after Cersei. That was all not in the film, but they said mm-hmm. that's what happened. Yeah. I I liked Sprite, um, and I could see what was going to happen about making a human at the end of the film. Oh, I, I didn't. I did, that. No, the reason I thought that is because um, I don't know when the second film's going to come out, but let's say it's four years from now. Mm-hmm. Sprite will be visually older. Yeah. And I thought to myself, it's okay when you've got adult actors, they don't tend to change their appearance much between three and four years. But with but with children or with child actors, yeah, they you you can see, like you can see. So that's that's what they because they had that problem with um uh I've forgotten the name of the character on Lost the Boy in the first season. Um you know Michael. No, no, Michael had a son. Oh, Ireland. yes, 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 yes. So, so I remember the producers of that show saying they had to write out Walt. the son. Yeah, Walt. They had to write the son out because um, I don't think they expected necessarily to be as big and as long as it went on for. Uh, so they had to find a way of writing Walt out because the time on the island for every season was meant to be basically about a month, mm-hmm. roughly, or give or take. I thought, you know, I might be not entirely accurate there, but they had to write Walt out. And I remembered that while I was watching this film. And I was thinking, okay, all these people are immortal. Okay, that's great. That can work for adults. Um, well, up to a point. Like, you know. Um, well, that's why they move so much. Yeah. And um, so I thought this can't work with Sprite. So she's yes, she's been a child for 7,000 years in the film. But I was like, okay, but if this is popular, 
there's no way they can have Sprite be um, in the second film as a eternal who's immortal or whatever. So I thought to myself, they're going to find a way that they can age her um, or they're going to have to kill her off. I thought yeah. it's going to be one of, the, one of the ways it's going. So I, I did not like that she did turn on them. Um, well, I was disappointed in that. Listen, I would not um, have minded if they had killed her off instead of one of the other ones. Just saying. Yeah. No, no, no. I wasn't a big fan of her character. I'll be honest. I'm not. I wasn't a fan. But at the at the end, when Cersei said she had enough power to, to turn her human and make her a real girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, Pinocchio. Like, yeah, yeah. I know. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Like, yeah. no. But I'll be honest. I didn't. The character didn't interest me. Yeah. No, I didn't really that. care about Sprite. Um, I I would have been like you, happy they killed her off, or maybe replaced her with an older actor in the next film. Mm-hmm. So. Um, or now that she's human, maybe we just don't need her now. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, right, a, ch- a chance for Marvel to actually, actually, not just imply stuff, but actually but have a gay couple. Yeah, yeah, a gay character. So, yeah. is it fa- Fasto? Fastos? Fastos. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, played by Brian. Brian T. Tyree Henry. Henry. Yeah, Tyree Henry. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, when, when so when they showed up and they saw like he was um, when so when the team was getting back together, um, I like the fact that they show you how he lost faith in humanity with mm-hmm. um, with Hiroshima uh, and yeah, the atomic bomb. Yeah, and how he felt like responsible, and then they kind of come to present day, and um, so they see this kid in the play in the school, uh, sorry, in the front garden. Um, and then there's two men on the drive, and I thought, Are Disney going to do this stereotypical thing where they just imply that they they're they're, they're gay, like, but not actually do it? No, nah, we got a smooch, said, man. We got a oh, sex scene at the beginning of the film, and then we got a gay kiss <laughs> halfway well, through. When they did the gay kiss and everything, like, and all the whole, you know, like my family and all the rest of it, I was like, okay, Disney, like, yeah. a, lot, a lot's come on. I was yeah. like. You won't get this released in China, but you know, like also the guy who played his husband, I love him. Haas Lehman. He honestly it was brilliant. Like, oh my god. If you have never seen a film called The Visitor, which also stars Richard Jenkins and Denia Guerrera, go and find it and watch it. The Visitor is a fantastic film, and Haas is so good in it. And I also love that he kind of brings like his Lebanese heritage into all of his roles because at one point he called Fastos Habiti, which is like a sort of like a pet name for a babe. I thought that was really cute. Oh, The Visitor, 2007. Oh my I God. Not... It is a phenomenal film. It is so good. It is so, so, so good. I've not seen it um, in honesty. So I. Um... Sort of think. Oh, I've seen him in. I just got up his thingy. I've seen it at IMDb. I've seen him in Tom Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan TV series. Mm. Uh, oh, he was in Covert Affairs, which I have seen. Uh, and I think oh, he was in Twenty Four. Uh, only three episodes. Oh, he was in something you know, Assassin's Creed video game. Mm-hmm. But most of the other things here, I've not seen him in. But I do, I did recognize him as an actor. But anyway, I was actually really like, okay, this is good. So um, I, I like the way they did it, and it felt natural. It didn't feel like Disney forcing it, like they forced that girl fight scene in in or Infinity War. Um, it this one felt like a, a natural progression for a couple to have. Um, okay, so right to move on from him and. Uh, 
Okay, so again, Marvel's first deaf character as well, which I thought was cool. Uh, we've got Lauren Ridloff as, mm-hmm. is it Mac, 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 Macari? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Macari is a uh, man in the comics, I think. So I, I don't really care. But I, I like her. She's in The Walking Dead. So now it explains to me why they made her disappear for a whole season. And then they, <laughs> so I, I didn't realise she was um, off in the Eternals. So I'll be honest, um, I thought she was hilarious. So, yeah, she was great. I loved her energy. So I, I love the fact that when they when they get the team back together, she's sitting on the spaceship, um, um, like read all these books, and she's like, "Cool, I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm bored yeah. of this planet." She's like, "Are we going home?" Yeah, we're going home. I'm, I'm so bored. Like, yeah. So, um, I, yeah, for me, she was great. Like, yeah, and I loved um, I loved her ability. I love that she was one of the power five that was like one of the heavy hitters. That was that was nice to see. Yeah. Um, okay, so Barry. Barry Keegan. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's Droog. I think Droog. Droog. What a dick. Droog. <laughs> so he's like really arrogant. Um, yeah. Um, but equally, I mean, he had good intentions ish. Yeah. 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 Well, he did have good intentions. He didn't like humans. He didn't like humans battling each other and killing each other. Yeah. But when he whole... had the ability to stop them. However, I don't think his answer was the right way. No. Like his answer of was not. to mind. His answer was to, to mind control people. Like. Yeah. Where the rest of the eternal said, you know, humans need to learn to yes. not. But be you can't take away their free will. Yeah. 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 I think to take away someone's free will to learn a lesson is is not the right lesson. But yeah. They're not learning anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, well, they're not. They're not. They're not yeah. learning anything. I, like, did, I did kind of like his turnaround, though. I'm glad that he eventually kind of came back around. So, a character who I think was very short lived was Don Lee. Oh, my God. Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. I'll be honest. I was really disappointed in his basically get kills or killed yeah. off. Yeah, he exactly. he was a brilliant character. Um, what I loved though was so um, Angelina Jolie's character Athena. So we talked uh-huh. about these two together. I think I I was actually quite shocked. Angelina Jolie's presence on screen was so small. Yes, um, for such probably the biggest actress in this whole movie, which made me well, wonder, uh, like, why did it have to be her? Like, why it, it, uh, if if that was the role of Athena, like, literally anybody could have played Athena. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's bigger plans. So I don't know. Um, I I was just upset. What I liked was the relationship between the two of them. That mm-hmm. he had again, like you said, love. <laughs> he had such love for her that he sacrificed his life to take her away. Um, mm-hmm. So so basically, Fina had um, some problems with her mind, and yes. she she was attacking people and going into a trance and stuff like that. And Ajax's answer to that was to wipe all her memories. Mm-hmm. So she didn't want that to happen. So Gilgamesh said that he'd sacrifice him, himself, essentially. Not, not. But he's also but... the strongest. Like Icarus is a good fighter, but Gilgamesh was like a really good defender. So he was the best person to take care of Thena because he's the only one that could that could like fight her and be okay. So I like I like I like the fact though that he sacrificed his essential life mm-hmm. to take care of her. Now it wasn't it to me it didn't seem like a romantic relationship. It seemed like one of care, like maybe maybe brother and sister type thing. So I I liked that and I I really liked his character, the humor that he gave mm-hmm. as well. I thought it was great. It was just disappointing that it was so short lived. So yeah, so my favorite was him and uh, Kingo when they're talking about the <laughs> the wine, <laughs> and he's like, I fermented it with my spit. Oh yeah, but well, even um, even um, oh, what's his name? I've already said his name. Uh, 
Kingo, uh, it was like the same thing, kept spitting it out as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, he can we, he's like, can we, oh, that was it. He said, can we get some alcohol that doesn't have your spit? Yes. Like, so, <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Harish Patel, who plays uh, Karun, who is Kingo's sort of ballet, uh-huh. I do you know absolutely what a brilliant idea of a character and i i loved that like when you say kingo having a fight and he shouts out did you get that like, yes you know, yes I, I mean so and at one point even sprite was like how many cameras did you bring yeah like I, i'll be honest with you he was very much the marvel sort oh, yeah. of stereotypical 100 he's like, he's the ned you know like he he is the best friend to the hero that's that was his role for sure he reminded me of um uh I forgot his name. You know, when in Shang Chi, when they're in the prison and they find the guy underneath who was in the from Iron Man. Oh yeah, the the, uh, the Mandarin. Uh, What's his well, name? Yeah, Trevor. The, the, yeah, Trevor. He was the Trevor. Of, he was the Trevor. Yes, of he film. was definitely like, the Trevor. Yeah, he was definitely. Yeah, maybe that's what we should call people like them, the Trevor. <laughs> the Trevor. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Okay. So Kit Harrington, who plays Dave Whitman. So. Ooh. So for pretty much anyone watching this that doesn't know comics, Dave Whitman is going to become Black Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest with you, I've probably read a handful of Black Knight comics in my life, um, but I still don't know who he is. I was disappointed that we didn't get to see Black Knight on screen. And oh, I was disapp- but wait. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But like, I was disappointed, though, that we didn't get it, and I was disappointed that he wasn't as big a part of the movie as yeah. I was hoping it would but be. But that's what happens in a first. Like, they're doing all of the world building first, and then all yeah. of the fun stuff comes in the sequels. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Um, in terms of his performance, I enjoyed what we got. Yeah, but it was very just like, eh. I didn't enjoy his chemistry again, like I said earlier, with Gemma Chan. He tried harder than Richard Madden did. I think, I think it would be good if that kind of came to an end and he went and did his own thing. Like, yeah. Fingers um, crossed. <laughs> so Selma Hayek, uh, who plays Ajak, who's the leader of the, the team, and, and huh? she gets killed off by Richard She Madden. is the first death. Yeah. So her power, her not powers, her sort of link to the CSUs gets passed over to Gemma Chan. Mm-hmm. Um, her powers by, get taken by the... Uh, by the... Sucky, deviant. Yes. Yeah, deviant thing. Um I, I liked her. I think Selma Hayek is a brilliant actress. Um, again, disappointed that she's not in it that much. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe they could have switched her out, like with somebody. I, I did like though that they we do sort of get the flashbacks of her doing things with different members of the team, like mm-hmm. how she's there to comfort Fastos when he kind of loses his faith in humanity. How she's the one that sends Sprite to go live with Circe. How she's the one that actually told Icarus the truth about what Aramesh had planned for them. Um, yeah. So I, I, I was sad that it had to be her. Uh, that was a bummer. I didn't want to lose her that early. So from this list of characters, is there anyone that was particularly your favorite? Gilgamesh and Makari, 100%. <laughs> Gilgamesh and Makari. I was so bummed when Gilgamesh got killed. Uh, he, uh, Don Lee, like, I recently seen him train Bassan and like it's almost the exact same thing. So the way that his powers worked is like he could use like he could form gauntlets kind of on his arms as defense shields and giant like punching bombs to fight people. Uh, but it's really funny because that's almost exactly what his character did in Train to Busan when he was fighting the zombies. He literally like taped up his forearms and just brawled his way through a freaking train full of zombies. It was 
awesome. Uh, so Gilgamesh was my favorite. Uh, Makari, I loved Makari. Like, uh, I just, I loved that character, how she was always smiling. And uh, Laura Ridloff, she's, she's actually deaf, but she's also like half Mexican-American, half African-American. And it's just like, I love to see this kind of diversity, especially in a big budget giant film uh, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, yeah, definitely. I would say, I think my two favorite characters, if we're going to do two, is Kingo. I, I know you said, like, <laughs> I, I loved him. I thought his, you know, I thought he was great for the team. I know he walked out and let them down. Yeah, I mean, but he was but, charming. But he was charming. And I yeah. think he was good. He, he was four things in the beginning. And I think yes. he definitely helped in the beginning. And I, but I just found him very much charming and, mm-hmm. and like a good chunk of the film needed him. <laughs> uh, my other favorite was the same as you. I loved Makari. I, yeah. I think, I think for me, I, I love her. In, I love her in The Walking Dead. I think she's brilliant in The Walking Dead. And then, but I thought she was so good in this film. Like yes. so funny, so funny. And I love the fact that like we're seeing like much more embracing of different cultures and backgrounds yes. in movies now. Like, I yes. mean, you know, in Quiet Place, where we've actually had a deaf actress in A Quiet Place, and now we've actually got mm-hmm. a deaf actress in uh, in The Eternals. And we had a I, deaf I, actress in uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been a... It's been, it's been good to see more diversity. So anyway, so we've kind of touched on the structure of this movie as we've been going. Oh, but I have um, some thoughts. Well, no, no, no. So yeah, we'll kind of we'll share any sort of more detailed thoughts and then we'll kind of sort of, then we'll talk about our own credits and stuff like that. So um, what are your thoughts then on the writing and structure of this movie? Listen, while I was watching this film, I literally got really upset at one point because I was like, this film is the exact same plot as Mass Effect, which is oh, my favorite cool. video game franchise, right? Cool. Like, it was so bizarre, though. And then I was thinking, okay, well, like, you can't really say that because the Eternals comics have been around forever. And if, who years. knows if this is the exact same story from the comics. At any rate, this film felt very much like Mass Effect 3, where you have the Celestials and, and they create a thing. And that thing is meant to do one task. So the thing is the deviants is meant to do one task, but then the deviants go off the rails and now they're leading themselves instead of taking orders from the celestials. Mm -hmm. So the celestials try to correct their mistake by creating the eternals to battle the deviants. Well, like in mass effect, it's pretty much the same thing. You have this creature called Leviathan. Leviathan is the ultimate apex predator. It creates a sort of synthetic life. And that synthetic life is meant to, cull the population of the galaxy well then the synthetic life decides like it's gonna go off book and now the synthetics are doing their own thing and so then leviathan has to find a way to create something else that will then fight the thing that ran away from him in the first place and it's just like oh this is this is a plot of mass effect anyway it just so I, I got a little wrapped up in my own head while i was watching the film i think but... we all need to read the comics and <laughs> yeah. but um I, I liked the jumping backwards and forwards. I'll be honest with you. Like I, 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 I could have done with maybe less of it. But uh, yeah, this could have been forty minutes shorter. But I, but I understand why they did it because I think this is almost like if you were to think that the last twenty-five films of the MCU were like 
don't know book one i know i know you break it down to phases but well yeah this, this is phase four at this point yeah but this feels like to me like a brand new starting point for the marvel universe yes and there's a lot of characters to introduce and mm-hmm. you couldn't have had an eternals movie in the way they did without introducing all of the characters that they did yes i think i think though they did as well as they could in terms of introducing them and i think obviously we know that there's a lot more eternals out there mm-hmm. so i think any more than that and it would have been ridiculous but i think in terms of the juggling that they did i think they did it well um yeah. there's been a lot of talk about obviously the director chloe Zhao. obviously this is her first big movie she did really well with um harley quinn no no there was an independent movie she did um mm. oh caravans driving around america um i forgot what it's called now um anyway she's won like awards for it and stuff so i think that like marvel have been really pleased to get this like independent um director but I think she's obviously much more character driven and I think like people like again to come back to the reaction of this I think people were hoping for the stereotypical not character driven but action blockbuster movie so I think she did very well though in juggling all of these characters and giving them as much depth and t- um, as the time would allow. So yeah. actually I, I was know. wrong. It's not, she didn't do Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn was Kathy Ann. My bad. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Um, I meant not that they're anywhere near the same. Nomadland is the film you're talking about. Yeah. Nomadland. Yeah. 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 So I actually, out of curiosity, um, I watched the first half an hour of that last night. It's not a film for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to say it's a bad film. I just didn't really, wasn't really enjoying it, but I could see, where the references are about her character, um, how she works with characters, and it is a character director. Yeah. So I've heard, I've heard that already. So well, I think um, what, because there are so many, like there's ten Eternals, right? Like mm-hmm. that. Well, there, there. Uh, we learn in the film that there's way more than ten, but we meet ten in this film. Ten people to get individual stories on these ten people. That's a lot of stuff to get across. So I, I still do think that the way that the characters are portrayed in this film and the character development that we get is done really well um but there are so many other little elements that that need some definite work like the whole almost all of the stuff with the deviants really it almost has no impact um and i think that's you know i mean i mean the villain the villains of this okay so we talk about the villains so the villains there's two villains of this movie there is obviously the siestals as we Mm -hmm. find out now, the Siestals, obviously, you can argue are good and bad. Yeah. Um, they make... They're neutral. They're far... They make big decisions. Yes. So... 20 billion people over here die, so 30 billion people over here can live. Those yeah, are the kinds make, of decisions that they make. Yeah, they make these big decisions. Now, people have different takes. So, I mean, I would argue, as I'm human, that I would like to live. Um, <laughs> yes. So... Yes. Now, basically, their whole thing is that they create, well, sorry, they put, they, well, yeah, they do create, in the Marvel Universe, they create planets and suns and solar systems and stuff like that. And then what they do is they put a seed for another CSU on a planet where human, well, sorry, where intelligent life is going to form. And it, it kind of absorbs that intelligent life to grow and, and, and sort of hatch from that planet. But as, yes. they hatch, as they hatch, they destroy the planet and all the people yes. living on it. So this so is basically Earth was pregnant all this time yeah, for a billion yeah. years. It's a billion year cycle to birth 
uh, celestial. Yeah, and the uh, the Eternals essentially decided, uh, for the most part, other than Richard Madden, uh, they were on board with stopping this from happening. Because well, and Kingo, because Kingo said that he still had faith in Erisham, and that's yeah, why he, he wasn't going to help them. Yeah, but he equally wasn't going to stop them. So yes. where, where yeah. Richard Madden's character was going to stop them until... Yeah. Until he finally was like, no, I can't. Um, and even anyway. Ajax, Ajax had been doing it for millions of years, she said. And she, it was the snap that changed her mind. And she yeah. was like, then it's erased half the universe. And yet the people on this particular planet decided that they were not okay with that. And they brought half the universe back. She said yeah. that was something special. And that was something that to her meant that this planet should not be destroyed for the birth of a celestial. Yeah. Um, so that so the Celestials are kind of like the big villain, and then obviously you've got these deviant things, mm-hmm. which I had no interest in, and yeah. had no character development. They're basically like guard dogs or hell dogs. Yeah. There was just nothing about them. Yeah, I had no interest. Even the and one that what, finally could talk, like by the time it turned human-ish, I was just like, I don't care about no, no. you. So that big battle at the end that happens where they kind of fight in them and then they mm-hmm. stop this CSL and all that. I did not care about that battle. There was no stakes in it. Like I did not uh, had no interest. Obviously when Icarus was going to kill potentially his love interest, um, Cersei, mm-hmm. he clearly wasn't going to kill her. So I was like, oh, who cares? <laughs> um, and then the end he flew off, which did surprise me he flew off, I'll be honest. Um, yeah. And then when he started to fly towards the sun, I was like, oh, you're going to kill yourself. So that's weird. um, So I I don't know. So most of the film I enjoyed, there was no stakes in terms of villain, like on Earth. The Siestals are clearly very powerful people that you do not mess with. Um, So when the movie ends, this bit I loved when the sky cleared and all of a sudden the Siestals head just yeah. appears in the sky and takes the Eternals with, with him that, that mm-hmm. were left on Earth, because some of them... The ones that the defied ship. him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I was like, man, if I... this is, And this is where I was actually reflecting on to whether I enjoyed this film, and I was like, yeah, this is a high-concept sci-fi film. I was like, that's pretty damn cool. Like, mm-hmm. to have this... this I, I don't know how big he is, but he's as, like, as big as the solar system. much bigger than Earth, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, his head, his head is, like... 10 times the size of our planet. Yeah, it, he, it looked he, like Earth could fit in his chest. Like, so he just shows up and, like, kind of just shows up and peers into the sky and, yeah. and sees her and, like, you know... Snaps him up. up. Yeah, snaps him up and goes off. So I, I'm, i like, definitely, like, what's going to happen next? So, yeah. yeah. Um, I know you said, would you cut... You know, you could have cut 40 minutes off. Is there anything particularly you would have cut? I think they could have done something completely different with all of the deviants. It just, like, when... It, when they're fighting these things it's almost like like you said about the final battle like there it doesn't feel like there are any stakes because we get to the point where it, originally when we when the film starts the deviants are attacking humans but by the time the deviants return when we're in present day they're attacking only the eternals and so it's like something has changed. And if you were going to put that much effort into giving these things a different type of personality than the ones that we met at the beginning of the film, like, but, but there's no sort of transition that we as the audience are aware of to, to make that new consciousness happen. Mm. Um, so I just think that the, the way that they kind of explain the purpose of the deviance it's not done well enough to make us understand a why they're so bad and b like 
why we should be so shocked by their transformation. It reminded me of um, uh, Green Lantern come back to DC because I know. So you've got the Green Lanterns, which mm-hmm. they have the gut. They have the Guardians of the Green Lanterns. Yep. Now I've, I'm not as big DC fan as I am Marvel, but then again, I don't know much about the Eternals. But the Guardians created these robot things before the Guardian, uh, before the uh, Green Lanterns, mm-hmm. and those, those. I think they're like robots or something, and they've turned bad or whatever. And there's, I'm, yeah, again, I'm not overly knowledgeable on Green Lanterns, but when they showed that storyline of in the Eternals, how you've got these. Um, deviants and then it turns out they were created by the CSUs, but then obviously they turned into mm-hmm. you know they, they kind of went against the plan and then the CSUs had to like go and create these as the tunnels. Uh, it kind of reminded me a bit of the Green Lantern stuff, but mm-hmm. where anyway. basically the, the trope is I created a thing and then the thing that I created is not doing what I wanted it to do. So now I gotta create a new thing to go and get the old thing to do what I want it to do again. Well, they're going to have to create something else now. So. Yeah, exactly. It's just like this vicious cycle that just keeps going. Yeah. So, okay, right. Um, mid, mid, mid-credit mid sequence. Um, I had no idea, like, oh, who this oh. character was. So, we, basically, the Eternals did fly off in the spaceship. Um, yes. Some of them. Three of them some did. Of them, three of them did, yeah. Suddenly, you get this weird scene with an imp. Um, yeah, a drunk imp. Drunk imp. I've never heard of this character before. Don't know. It's very Harry Potter. Yes. Um, it was funny. Like, but I was like, okay, so Eternals now is going to go real. Like, we're really going Guardians of the Galaxy here. Yeah. No, no, we're going. I'm re- not just Guardians of the Galaxy, but like real sci-fi. I thought like this is really like going into real sci-fi world, which I'm I'm still happy with. And then they introduced this character I've never heard of called Star Fox. Um, I was like, I don't care. Like, I mean, well, he introduced. Well, yeah, the imp introduced him to Star Fox, but he introduced yeah, yeah. himself as Eros, the brother of brother. Thanos. Thanos. <laughs> so I think there's a lot to be answered there because obviously yeah. they're an Eternal and they're robots. So what's happened? So I, I, I mean, yeah, I think that's pretty cool though that we've got the brother of Thanos. I didn't know. <coughs> I didn't know if Thanos had a brother. Um, it's fine. I did not care that the actor is Harry Styles. I yes. know that some people seem to be over the moon about this. <laughs> I am not one of those people. Um, anyway, I, that whole scene, it was interesting, but I don't care. Yeah. End, end sequence. Oh, man. They, they I was about, wrong about who I thought that was. I care more about this than I did about the uh, Star Fox scene. Yeah. So Dane Whitman's in an office. And I was like, oh, finally, finally. I did think it was a bit dramatic when he's like, oh. You know, yeah. when, he ste- when he stepped back from the box, it's like, come on, you can do this or whatever. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah get, get on with it. Yeah. Like, and, uh, pick up the damn sword. Yeah, nobody wants to see this namby-pamby stuff. Just get on with it. <laughs> like, so he opens a box, and I honestly thought, yes, we're going to see the Black Knight. I honestly thought, yes, we're going to see it. Gonna, like, this is what I've been waiting for the whole movie. And then suddenly you hear this voice like, telling them, do you really want to do that? And I was like, Oh, are we going to see who that was? Nope, we didn't see it. Who but did you have, think it was? Before well, actually, you looked it up online, who did you think no, it was? I genuinely didn't know. I honestly I thought guess. it was Kang. Oh, like, as soon, as soon as he spoke, I was like, oh my God, that sounds like Kang. Uh, no, it is not Kang. It's Blade. It is Blade. <laughs> so, which worries me a little bit that it's Blade. Why? Because I don't want, like... I don't know. I don't want like, We're Marvel never going to get the Wesley Snipes Blade version I don't want, back. I don't, I don't it's not want, coming back. I don't want PG Blade. 
Like, I don't want it. Like, You're getting a PG-13 blade. No, I don't want a PG-13 blade. I want a Wednesday Snipes blade. No, like, I'm sorry. That's not happening. I, I mean, look, I get you going to do a new actor, but I want that tone of movie. I don't. Those movies should never... Other than Blade 3, those are good movies. So, <laughs> uh, anyway. Ratings. I'm curious. Where would you put it out of five? Uh, I have changed my rating since we started this podcast. I was originally oh, okay. gonna, I was originally gonna go three. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. give it a three and a half. Okay. Because I think it does have potential, and you kind of reminded me like this is the first, and the first yeah. film is always a little clunky. It's always a little, it's a struggle bus because you have to introduce all new characters. You have to introduce a whole new like mythos, a whole new world. So. Stop it. Oh my <laughs> God. Stop. Did I walk into that? Oh uh, I can't even sing. Oh uh, my God. I just can't escape Aladdin. I can't. Uh, um, anyway. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm bumping myself up to a three and a half. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, Avenger, was it? Uh, Captain America. Uh, first one I didn't like. Uh, Iron Man one. I did good. not like Thor 1 or Thor uh, four, 1. Thor 1, well, Thor 1 and 2 are terrible. Yeah. Uh, when I look back, Avengers, the first Avengers, even the second Avengers are terrible. In fact, actually, I think... Oh, my God, Age of Ultron is horrible. I mean, the first, the only good Avengers movies are the Endgame and Infinity War, to be honest. Um, I like the first so Avengers. I think the first Avengers is better than the second one, but it's not... I don't think it's aged as well as it could have done. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think... Those all those sort of first films are not great. So yeah, so that's yeah. Uh, t- yeah. Taking that into account, yes. From from my Captain America films, I loved the two and three, but I didn't really love the first one. So anyway, um, I think I'm gonna go. So yeah, basically three and a half from me. I think nice. I kind of I think I thought that already going in. Um, okay. Like, I mean, into this episode, I mean. Uh, so, yeah, I'm happy with three and a half. Um, actually, just before you go, like, or before we finish, we've had Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Eternals. I'd love to know, like, where you'd put them all. Oh, Shang-Chi was definitely my favorite film that they released yeah. this year, 100%. I mean, like, by a country mile. Like, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I enjoyed Shang- Shang-Chi so much. I think Shang-Chi is a top. Yeah, and then I'd love to know between Black Widow and Eternals where you'd put them. Oh no, I, I would still put Black Widow above Eternals. Yeah, I think so. I think Shang Chi, Black Widow, and Eternals. I think was yeah. The, I mean, like me. I would not put Eternals in. I don't think I'd put it in the bottom five, but I'd really have to like put all of the Marvel films on paper. Um, oh yeah, this... let's not do that now. There's yeah. way too many. But yeah. I just meant from the this year. From this year. Oh no, from this year, it's it's yeah. definitely the weakest entry of this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it so... is not a bad film by any means i don't think it's yeah. a bad film yeah no no no. i don't think it's a bad film i think it's a good introduction movie that's yeah. what it is it's so. world building like you yeah. have to be patient with the world building it's the first one that got a lot of exposition i <sighs> still don't want to forgive the two hours and 37 minutes that seems really long but i guess maybe that's like the new norm like maybe films are just longer now i don't know yeah we'll, talk, like about a- that. Yeah. we'll talk about that now. I, I, well i always say to you i think a good movie is at least two hours long like I think good movies at least two hours long. I mean, not I'm not saying that they have to be longer than that, mm-hmm. but I think a good movie is at least two hours long because it gives you enough time to get to know the characters. Yeah. So I'm not a big fan of movies that are an hour and ten minutes, hour and twenty minutes. They like yeah. they're just too quick. Like, Unless anyway. they're horror. 
<laughs> well, well yeah. anyway, so next episode we will be reviewing the entire first and potentially only season of <sighs> Why the Why the Last Man. We'll talk about that next week. But Way yeah, to bring that like, down. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> and, we'd always, we'd, well, I was going to say, we always plan to review it. <laughs> And even though we heard about the cancellation, I said, no, let's stick to it. No, we're going to stick to our guns. Yeah. Yeah. So don't forget, we did start a second podcast series where we talk about some of the most essential graphic novels of all time. Our 11th Late to the Party Book Club episode was Batman, The Long Halloween by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. That episode came out towards the end of October. Our next book club episode is going to be the first two volumes of Fables. Um, and you can follow us on social media. We are everywhere. Geeks Unleashed on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Come say hello. And yep. uh, oh, that's it. Come say hello. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please give us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good week. Good journey. Oh, and good journey too. <laughs>